Welcome to the Vulva Diaries with host Dr. Amanda Selk, bringing you the 101 on vulvovaginal health. We're going to talk to Dr. Gail Fisher, who's a dermatologist from the University of Sydney in Australia. She is an expert in lichen sclerosis and has published and treated this condition for many years. Hi, Dr. Fisher. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk about new lichen sclerosis treatments. Patients are always coming to clinic tired of their steroids, asking about new things. And so I wanted to ask Dr. Fisher what was going on in this world. So what's new? The short answer is not a lot, but we don't really need anything new because we've got something that's absolutely fantastic and perfect and cheap and a complete known quantity. So topical corticosteroid remains the treatment of choice, both for induction and maintaining remission in this condition. Why do people want something new? Well, because it's all over the internet that they shouldn't be using long-term topical steroids and that is never going to go away and you just have to keep reiterating it's good for you and it's safe and we know all about it. And again, I always draw the analogy with diabetes. Is there anything better than insulin? Well, no. And right now, I don't think there will be. But we do have some ancillary things, I guess, that will help. The first thing that comes to mind is surgery. So if you have at presentation already developed significant scarring that is interfering functionally, particularly with regards to sexuality, or that is making your urine come out at funny angles, then okay, it's worth having some division of adhesions, which is quite a minor bit of surgery. But here's the rub. You have to follow this up with really intensive topical corticosteroid treatment or the whole thing's just going to stick together again. So there's that. What about laser? Well, The whole vaginal laser thing I think is quite fraught and quite controversial. As you know, it kind of hit the world a few years ago and was adopted with great enthusiasm and with virtually no evidence. We were, at the start of the pandemic, conducting a a randomised trial of vaginal laser to see if it would help anything at all. We had to truncate the trial because of COVID, but just with the data we had, it wasn't looking good. So vaginal laser, Mona Lisa as it's called in most places, I don't think does anything at all for lichen sclerosis. However, if you have very hyperkeratotic lichen sclerosis, you can basically take the epidermis off using a CO2 laser and the regenerated epithelium will be a whole lot less hyperkeratotic. But again, unless you keep the topical steroid going postoperatively, the whole thing's just going to reform. We published on this a few years ago, and interestingly, the index case where I figured this one out, then got lost to follow-up, turned up three years later, hadn't used a treatment, and was totally back to square one. Okay, what else is out there? Calcium urine inhibitors, absolutely not. There are cases on record, including one of mine, where they did induce squamous cell carcinoma. So why the heck would you use them? when topical steroids do the job so safely. There is no evidence that they cause cancer at all. Lipo injection, well, that's not going to cure anything. I thought the great white hope there was that you could recreate the labia minora if they had gone away. Well, I think that is probably, as we say in my country, you're dreaming. I don't think you're going to be able to skillfully do that to create something that looks like labia minora. 
Yeah, that's often a question, right? People want to bring back the anatomy that's not there and you really can't. You are going to do more harm than good. Okay, platelet-rich plasma, stem cell therapy. Again, we started a trial on PRP. We abandoned the trial because it was clearly not working. It was invasive. It was painful. We stopped. So I don't think there's any good evidence that PRP has any role at all. And the trouble is that patients think, hey, this is going to be a cure. Everyone wants a cure. Of course they do. I would want a cure too. But you can't deliver a cure for a chronic condition, not with what we know at the moment, not with what we have at the moment. So PRP, it's expensive, it's painful, it's invasive. I would strongly discourage it. Can you think of anything else that's out there that we should talk about? I think those are all the, those are the big ones. The ones I hear about all the time mostly are the PRP and the laser. And I tell people very similarly to what you've just told them. And I find exactly as you say, what people are looking for is a cure for a disease. And we don't have a cure for this. And I tell them that all we know is how to keep it under control, but we don't know how to fix it. Like we don't know how to make it go away. Maybe things will change at some point in the future. Hang out with me, but we don't know yet. Surgery, same thing. I find people want it because they think it'll make the disease go away. But a lot of the people with the scarring are partly because some of them are because they were picked up late, but some of them are because they're not using their steroids. And so I'm always reluctant to actually operate on them unless I absolutely have to because you need them to be very good about using their steroids after or we'll be right back to square one. So true. I mean, what we do is I don't do the surgery. I'm a dermatologist, but I've got a gynecologist who'll do it. And they start putting on the potent topical steroids when they wake up three times a day religiously. They come to see me one week later and I do the aftercare and I really keep it on a tight leash for months until the whole thing's healed and they're not going to just relapse. So important. Your point about calcineurin inhibitors are very interesting because actually what I find is gynecologists don't use them as much because they don't know anything about them, but they seem to be a very hot thing to use for other conditions in dermatology, right? With eczema and whatever else they use it for. And as a gynecologist, like I'm a gynecologist who does dermatology, but a lot of my patients have seen a dermatologist first who does not do vulvar diseases and puts them on, instead of using steroids, a lot of them come on calcineurin inhibitors. And it's a bad idea. And there are experts in the UK who've come right out like um, Sally Neal, like Chris Funker, who have come out bravely and said, this is dangerous, do not do it, there's no indication for it. I couldn't agree more. Having produced a cancer myself using a calcineurin inhibitor, never touched it again. I don't think they're necessary. They sting, they are expensive, and, in fact, they don't have any advantage over topical steroids, and this has even been shown in eczema. And again, I was part of a, a group doing a meta-analysis that was published in the Journal of the Academy of Dermatology a few years ago, showing that there's absolutely no advantage in using calcineurin inhibitors anywhere except the face. Okay, you don't want to put potent topical steroids on the face. You might get telangiectasia. They get in the eye over long periods of time. You might get glaucoma. Sure. The one place we're allowed to use them in Australia officially is on the eyelids, and that is a perfectly sensible indication for them. But I guess there's a lot of money invested in these products and there's been a lot of marketing. And I remember when Tacrolimus, which markets in your country I think is Protopic, 
came on the market. It was, oh, gosh, it was at least 15 years ago, I guess. And I remember going to a conference and watching everyone go, wow, this is going to be the thing of the future and we're going to switch from topical steroids to this. And I just had this kind of a feeling of a bunch of salmon swimming over the waterfall feeling. Like, what are you people going on about? This is ridiculous. And in the fullness of time, it proved to be ridiculous. We don't need these products. In general, they're good for the face, but they are expensive and have too many potential side effects, and we don't know what they're doing in the long term. You know, one of the only RCTs I've ever seen actually comparing clobetazole to tacrolimus in lichen sclerosis was a Canadian, Deanna Fanaro, who's at, in Montreal, and she found tacrolimus to be inferior, right? And I always tell my patients that too, that steroids work better. They work better. They work better and they're safer. Now, if you compare just in terms of anti-inflammatory potency, of course you are going to find an inferiority study if you compare clobetazole to tacrolimus because if you're just looking at anti-inflammatory potency, tacrolimus has less than clobetazole. But nevertheless, I'm happy for that study to have been published because it discourages the use of something we don't really need. So not to be discouraging to our listeners, but right now... We both feel that steroids are what we're doing, what's what works the best, and people keep looking for new things, but so far we're not seeing a lot of promise. Is that what you'd agree with? I don't agree with it, but I don't see that as a bad thing. We've got something that works. It's safe. We've got 70 years of experience with it. We know it doesn't cause cancer. We know it doesn't cause side effects. Why on earth would anyone want to change it? That's what I don't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everyone's after something new and people want a cure, but people have just got to get real. You know, here in Canada, here they're very cheap too. We don't actually even have an expense issue with steroids because we have generics that work very well and they're very available. So it's actually a lot cheaper than most things in medicine here. Yeah, same here. It's, it's inexpensive. What is interesting is how expensive they seem to be in the States. I imagine they ought to be cheap because they're all off patent. Why would they not be cheap? Yeah, the U.S. has an issue with their drugs for steroids. I see that in both my podcasts and with patients and at meetings But because we have a lot of U.S. listeners too. But maybe they need to advocate there with their drug stuff because the rest of the world, steroids are cheap. Yeah, and that's one of the great advantages of them, that they're effective, they're cheap, and they're safe. How much better can a drug be? That's great. Do you have any last-minute things that you wanted to add to this talk? Yeah. Stop looking for something new, people. Just be really happy and grateful for what you have and just run with it and accept it. Just accept reality. We have something that is great. Why change it? If it's not broken, why fix it? Thank you, Dr. Fisher. That was Dr. Gail Fisher, who is a dermatologist at the University of Sydney, a long-term expert in the treatment of lichen sclerosis, taking care of thousands of patients with this condition. 